whenever you're choking, we have something better for you to do. It's time to get extreme. Angel said, what are you doing? I'm just like making noise like a like a spaz. <laughs> you sound like you sound you sound like you're going into a stew heart. It's like you separate life from the buddy. Let me ask you something. If you had a chance to train with Stu Hart in the dungeon, would you have taken up on that offer? Yeah, why not? To have the opportunity for him to take me and separate life from the body. <laughs> I mean, come on now. What was that, Beyond the Mat, where you could hear people screaming from, like, up in the dining room? Yeah, that's tremendous. Ugh. That's Ugh. how it was back in the day. How would you let him get you like that? Like, are you mat wrestling him, or are you physically allowing him to stretch you? I'm guessing as uh, he got older... It's a lit, uh, yeah. Let me let me show you something. You get down on the mat, and then you come up and hook you. And you that, that was the end. Yeah, yeah. That's no. I'm not having nobody hook me. I, I've never been a wrestler, never been trained, but I, I just don't like the concept of someone hooking me. You know, I, eh, no. That's what happens? Jesus. So when you train in wrestling, so you openly allow people to when they say stretch somebody. Tell me a little bit about what they mean by stretch. I mean, obviously more than the just beat the fuck out of you. Is that like literally what it is? No, that's just beating somebody up. Stretching is getting on the mat and just putting them in holds and just kind of stretch the shit out. It's it's a show, Mikey. Right? It's a show. You're supposed to make it look like you're hurting someone, but not really hurt someone. Am I am I missing the whole point of this? Yeah, but you have the old timers. And I say old timers who probably have all passed on since, but right, they were all amateurs. And they did not like wrestling people who were not wrestlers. So if you were like a just an average Joe who had a some athletic ability, right? And you were out there. I mean, they're going to stress the shit out of you because they want to prove that. Because it was they- more of a it was more of a struggle. Okay. Um, maybe less of a uh, cooperative environment back okay. then, right? And, you know, the, the wrestling part, it was a little more legit where, you know, you'd hook a hold. I mean, you, you wouldn't put it on, you know, to, to the best of your ability and really tighten up on them. Right. But you, you made a little, a little more amateur style back in the day. And as the style evolved, you, you get to where it is nowadays where it's like 100% uh, cooperation from start to begin, from start to finish. I love that word. It, it's not cooperation. We are not officially working together, as opposed to somebody just imposing their will on me. Nice. Well, that was back in the day. It happened. That would happen too. Well, somebody made fun. Like of you me. have these old timers that you know. It was okay. Well, we'll have the finish, but you know, I'm going to take advantage of the situation if I can. And unless you fight back, unless you take some, I'm going to eat you up. Okay. I have so many questions. God, I just it, like apparently I do. I'm a very <laughs> I'm a very inquisitive person. My parents tell me I'm fucking nosy. My mom says that. She says you you know what? You ask a lot of questions because I don't like to live in fucking ignorance, mom. I get it. Yeah, exactly. I'm asking questions because I want to educate myself. So I don't. Sound I don't like want to be a tool bag. <laughs> well. <laughs> 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 
this ship's already left the dock on that one, so <laughs> that one's not coming back. Um, oh, mine was the fucking Titanic. That's that that it left port and said bye. I'm out of here. I'll see you in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. 108 oh, years man. later, here we are, still waiting. Jesus. The blue diamond of the sea. Oh, that old annoying. Isn't bitch. that an almond now? What? Blue diamond. Isn't that an almond now? Black diamond. Not at all. Blue diamond. Is it fucking almond? I think it's an almond now. Is that fucking milk? So you're telling me that if you take like a Gallagher hammer, which most people aren't going to get even that reference, but and you smash the almond, there is some level of fluid, liquid, moisture inside that thing where you're going to be able to get milk out of. That is horseshit. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I'd like to know the process of the almond milk. So it's fucking stupid. Like it is. I'm sure there's oils in there because if you get by like the natural peanut butter, mm-hmm. and then you open it up and there's a, that fucking oil on top. It's separated. Yep. Uh, it's like the fucking pre cum on the ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nasty ass shit. <laughs> oh man, the pre cum for the ketchup. Oh, that. <laughs> Never thought of that before, but uh and I wonder why ratings are down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I thought this shit was supposed to be wrestling. Well, hey, I was trying to talk about George Hackenschmidt and somehow we just got off topic, but we'll get back there, fuckers, so just stay tuned. Don't hold your breath. No. If history is any indication. We won't come back, no. No. This is Front Row Material with ECW Legends, Jerry Lynn. And Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. Did you ever notice there's certain TV shows from like the 80s that the laugh track was exactly the same every single time a laugh was queued up for the, for the show? Why, why use two when one will do? Th- th- this is true. Absolutely. There's also the hospital scene and all the scenes from the 80s and the 90s was the same hospital background noise on Queen's Reich's. Uh, Operation Mindcrime. I did not know that. Dr. J. Hamilton. Dr. <laughs> J. Hamilton. Wow. Yeah, they're all the same. So every time I, my uh, my mom would be watching or somebody would be watching a soap opera and uh, they'd have a, a hospital scene. Right. I, I would just start reciting the hospital scene. Go, How do you know that? I go, I'm, I'm all knowing. <laughs> wow. You're omnipotent or omnipotent or whatever they want to call it. Well, impotent, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That means... Is that- you reached my advanced age. Well, hold on. Impotent. Impotent means you don't produce the juice, right? Or does that mean... I think I mean you to keep your cock and ball, your cog is suffering from... Uh, Anti-rigor mortis. Oh, I see. You know what? I'm so glad you led me into that. Speaking of cock and balls, you know. What the hell? If you really want to do your cock and balls a favor, and you want to have a little bit more fun, then you know what you should do, Mikey? Take your blue chew. (laughs) Take your blue chew. All you got to do is go over to bluechew.com and just fill out some simple forms, some questions. Little survey here. Don't have to worry about going to the doctor. Don't have to worry about any awkward moments in the waiting room. Go to bluechew.com. 
Fill out the forms. It's simple, it's easy, and it's gonna be free. Your first order will be free. All you gotta do is pay the $5 for shipping and handling. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Remember, it can work almost twice as fast. I as have it delivered to work. No leading. problems, no questions. Look at that, even to work, you can have your dick pill sent. That's fantastic. No you know you get knows. a package from like Amazon, they go, oh, what'd you get? And they hang around to, to wait for you to open it? Yeah, you go, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna open this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about this one later. Oh, but nothing like that with this one. Discreet packaging, all they do is ship it right to your door. You know, and it's also by an American doctor, which is fantastic as well. So all you gotta do is order it, pay the shipping and handling, remember guys. Get you take the Bluetooth.com. <laughs> With some iced tea. Chew it. And STHD, Snapple iced tea. Do it. Take your Bluetooth.com. <laughs> Wash oh. it down with your Snapple. <laughs> you chew it, do it. <laughs> oh my god. You like knee high? <laughs> Try the blue. <laughs> you like grapefruit? Oh. <laughs> Beach tea, iced tea, Snapple iced tea, raspberry iced tea. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I was going to ask you and Jerry a very important question as it relates to Christmas, but I guess I can oh, wait. Oh, fuck it. Here we go again with that Christmas bullshit. I guess I can wait till. It's not even fucking November yet. No, it's not, but you got to keep in mind, I shop at like Michael's and Hobby Lobby and stuff like that, so I got to start getting ready for some things, so... You shop at Hobby Lobby? Oh my god. I am fucking obsessed with that stuff. What the fuck do you buy at Hobby Lobby? Anything. I mean, I, I'm a painter, so I get a lot of my art supplies there. What kind of painter are you? Like a fucking Bob Ross? I love Bob Ross. I look up to Bob Ross. I watched. I have watched every episode. Well, you have looked down at him now. Or what? We have looked down to him now. Maybe from the crotch down, I kind of look like Bob Ross. <laughs> what the fuck are you trying to say? I don't think I've ever seen Bob Ross's... Bob Ross. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Bob Ross's crotch. Well, it was never... PBS wouldn't allow that to happen. I'm just saying. Um, what, do you have external footage? <laughs> I got behind the scenes. Oh, my God. It's nice. I'm permed down there, so it's all good. Oh. You know, they say that the reason why people have pubic hair is for safety reasons, so things don't get in there. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a, a patch, like a, a briar patch of thicket. That's uh, not why. I'm. That's what I'm guessing. No. So what do you think? Why do you think it people was, have uh, the, the pubic hair? The odiferous emanations for that particular area was supposed to be uh, some sort of... Uh, Sent to attract the uh, opposite sex. Back in the day, when we were more uh, animalistic, well, if you will. I can't speak for anyone other than myself, but my odor from that area... <laughs> I mean, this got really fucking... <laughs> And for this show, that is quite a fucking statement. <laughs> I think we should just pause, do some sort of 180, 
let's go back to George Hackenschmidt <laughs> and separating life from the body because that's <laughs> enough of that. So uh, the reason why I was asking so many questions about that was because I was doing some research and obviously I'm, I'm always wanting to be a student of the game, if you will. And I guess it By was your crotch rod? <laughs> what, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you're going, oh, never mind. You're going, you're going I back. Thought we, I thought we hit the reset button. Yeah, but since when do you listen to me? Well, I, I was just, I was looking at you as being the, the voice of reason here. Well, then we're all fucked. This is true. This is true. You having a beer right now? You having any, any? No. Nope. Nothing? I'm drinking, I'm drinking V8 Splash. Oh, Topical blend. Fuck. Jerry and I told you about that V8 stuff. That's all full of sodium and stuff. No. This one? Are you getting back on that kendo thing? Yo. Where's my <laughs> stick? <laughs> Yo, Fester. Are you are you seriously are you getting back on the uh, back on the horse here for like the I I don't fucking know. So why I are you have dr- coming up? Yeah, at the end of November. So you want to look? You want to drop a few pounds before you get there? Well, I figure I'm going to bulk up. I can fucking go as King Kong Bundy. Oh Christ! Oh Jesus! Five. Terrible. terrible. You're fucking terrible. Get the big black singlet. I'm glad you threw the word singlet in there. Um. No, what I was You're basically up. you are what one I, fucked up, fucking, fucking, fucking. What I was gonna say is, I guess it was back in the. Why does everything have to go back to cock with you? No, what? I, in some whoa, way, shape, whoa, or form, time out, You have time some out. sort of penis reference. No, no, I don't have any Freudisms going on up in my head oh, here. My ass. <laughs> Back to George Hackenschmidt. I guess it was in the 20s or 30s when they finally decided that when, with wrestling being a total shoot, that these guys weren't able to make as much money because they were always getting injured and they would have to take several weeks off, sometimes several months off, and therefore it would affect... As opposed to, as opposed to that when it's fake. Their income. They have to take months off. Well, and that's, that's the other thing, though. So that's when they decided promoters around the country in the different territories decided that we were going to go ahead and, and make it a predetermined thing where guys would compete, but the outcome would be predetermined and they would not go full force with each other and try not to hurt each other because they were going to have to make the next town. They were going to have to perform again, put the whole show back on again. So can't go balls to the wall trying to hurt each other. And make a living. So that's why it ended up becoming more of a, a spectacle. I'm sure you were aware of that already. But just in case anybody wasn't, I thought I'd throw that out there. I heard that once or twice. Not to say that people can't get hurt now. Yes, they can get hurt. But it is more of purely accidental. No one, I would say hopefully for the most part, isn't trying to hurt another person. But you're a hero Matsuda who... Broke Hulk Hogan's ankle. Yeah, I don't get that. Once again, that just comes back to this. We're way past that point. And the Stu Hart thing, like, I, I get it, you know. You know, you want to make sure that people are in it to win it, that they're, you know, you put them through this almost a hazing process. That's the way I looked at it. Like, if you're tough enough for me to physically hurt you and you stick around, well, then maybe you're, 
you're tough enough to be one of us. That's the way I always interpret it. Let me tell you something, Hiro Matsuda, brother. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh my god. Have you seen the clip online of TNT with Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Jesse Ventura? Yes. And they're sitting there, and Jesse says, he's the suit is stupid? Yes. Yes. And then he looks over, he goes, that hat. Stupid. <laughs> Completely deadpan serious. And I started thinking, I need to have a complete reel of just Lord Alfred Hayes. He's amazing. Oh my God, he was so funny. Yes. Apparently quite popular with the ladies. Really? Yeah. You know women like that accent. I heard he had a low-key big hug. Well, <laughs> I'm going to take sure, the word I'm, on I'm that sure one. Happy to, I'm sure you're happy to know. No, I was not going to comment on that. Big hogs seem to, to be a, a thing in wrestling. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Too Cold Scorpio had a big hog. Um, oh, okay, okay. The last thing I'll mention about this and we'll move on. Why would the genius with his talented... Uh, backstage maneuvers why would you do that in front of people why would you fillet yourself in front of people i don't understand that i'd be showing everybody looky what i can do aren't you jealous you have to pay you'd for it wait a minute you'd literally show people that you could put your hogwarts in your mouth i don't know if they have warts it's like it's like uh yukon cornelia showing off the bumble <laughs> How he can put the, the Christmas, uh, the star on top of the Christmas tree. Right. Looky what he can do. <laughs> yeah, didn't he also uh, have all of his teeth knocked out? The Bumble? Yeah. I thought he yeah. had all his teeth knocked out. Yeah. So I guess that might even help you, you know, when you're filleting yourself. Well, most like, of the people up here in my town, they have no teeth. <laughs> Not by choice, I assume. The toothbrush was invented here because if it was invented anywhere else, it would be called a teeth brush. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are not speaking highly of your neighbors whatsoever. Have you seen half these people? I've never been to they the state seen of Pennsylvania. They haven't seen half their teeth. <laughs> Do you have all of yours, original? Yes. So no injuries? You never had any Mick Foley moments where a tooth got knocked out or anything to that nature? That's 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 got to be kind of a rare thing because I, I would assume a lot of people would would at least get a loose tooth or a, catch an elbow and a tooth comes out. Yeah, no, no. I have a little chip on the front one from a uh, John Kronos uh, backspinning heel kick to my face. Jesus, it's also fucked up my jaw. So I have this this TMJ now. Right, not the same not the same reason you have it. <laughs> but I have the TMG, TM, TMG. <laughs> Good fucking God. Oh, God. Yeah, and we are at the gym at the House of Hardcore, and he was practicing a, uh, like a double reverse uh, heel kick, spin kick, and he got me right in the fucking jaw. So if somebody hurts another person in training, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the protocol here? Like you buy that person lunch or something? Or get up, pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I guess it would no. never go that far. No, you'd say, sorry about that. 
Right. My bad. And you're spitting up blood. Well, I mean, I, I've I've never had anybody get like hurt, hurt, hurt. What was their finishing move? Or one would sweep the legs. Uh, I what was it? Perry Saturn would sweep the legs. Oh, total elimination! Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> total elimination! Total elimination! You took I've total. That, I've taken yeah. that eight or nine times. It, if they were in sync, it was fine. But if like Perry would hit you first, and then you start to go down, and then John throws the kick, and you're like, it's like off. Right. It was very awkward. You would get knocked out, I imagine. Right. It was just. It was just like a. Uh, uh. Right. So like with just one big. Uh. Wow. You know, because you, you kind of had to wait on Kronos. Because he's the one you can kind of judge with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you can kind of tell by someone sweeping your legs, but I was on their shirt, by the way. They had a shirt with them doing total elimination. Right. And it was like an outlined figure taking it. was it, you. That was me. Wow. That's kind of cool. Did you look like a drop pie? <laughs> well. <laughs> it was before the drop. It was... Uh, Pre-drop pie. Back in ECW, obviously, you guys had the House of Hardcore, which was the the training school. Mm -hmm. How often would you guys, if somebody came up with a move, would you guys practice it? Or how would that work? Like, Would somebody come up and say, hey, I got this. Who wants to come with me? And let me get this. Let me get this down pat. Oh, yeah. All the time. I'm sure there was some. I mean, Bubba Bubba practiced the Bubba cutter for on Spike for God. It was like an hour, over and over and over, just getting the timing down. How do you know when it comes to some of these moves what the proper way to do it is? Do they run through a gamut of these things when you're training? Like yes, yes. Here's a hundred moves you're going to learn. Okay, repetition. Okay, over and over and over and over. And you just add on to it. Right. Like, I'd only teach them really like one or two things a day mm-hmm. to make sure they have it down. And then we come back the next time, we kind of re- we go over it again. Right. See who, who retained and who didn't, and then move on. But you have to know how to give the move, and you also have to know how to take it. So there's two sides of it. And like we talked about before, working together, cooperative. Do you, do you ever sink? <laughs> did you ever know guys who were just adamant about not wanting to go asshole over appetite? They were just not wanting to do that. They just, yep. you know, yep. They just wanted to be ground guys where they were like on their feet for the most part. I yeah, just, I mean, cr- some guys, some guys like to fly around. You know, there are guys that could not wait to get to the top rope. Jesus. They could not wait. Wow. And there are other guys like fuck that, right? It's all personal preference. Let me ask you this. So speaking of top rope, why is it that when we see guys like in old 80s and 90s, when guys would go to the top rope, they would fucking like for a splash, they would like land kind of on their feet, kind of on their knees, not full flown, just straight chest. That's it. Like go Who the fuck wants to take that? Well, no, but my point is though, like when Boss Man would do it, it looked so fucking hokey. Like- Oh, he's going to go to the top row for a splash. And then you would kind of see his feet and then it was in his knees. And you're like, well, that took most of it. And his gut just kind of landed on somebody. 
as opposed to other people who would literally just leap and it would just be chest cavity to chest cavity. Yeah. I mean, would you agree it kind of looks hokey if you don't land authentically? Motherfucker, you got the big boss man splashing me? Hey, I'll take hokey all day, every day. Okay. All right. Would you agree that it looks hokey when you watch it? It depends. Like, if... You know who had a really good splash? Who? Bundy had a good splash. He did. I would agree. The uh, one-man gang had a big splash. Yeah. Good. Oh, that was very good. But they weren't Va- on the top Vader's, rope, though. Vader's Vader bomb out of the corner was Was very tremendous. good. I think it all depends. You know, some guys, they do it, but they didn't. maybe they wouldn't feel really comfortable. Right. Or they felt maybe that they were not on target. Okay. You know, or they didn't want to hurt the guy. So they figured, I'm just going to take this all on my knees. And you got to figure, too, back in the early days, I mean, that, that was new stuff. You know, guys weren't doing that all the time. Right. I mean, you look back in the day, Randy Savage doing an elbow off the top rope was like, holy shit. Well, okay. Same I'm, with Jimmy Snooker with the Superfly Splash. I mean, that in the early 80s, that was like high-risk shit. Right. Randy Savage with the axe handle off the top rope to the floor was like fucking groundbreaking. Yeah, now you guys got doing fucking moonsaults and shit off the top rope, twisting moonsaults and shit to the floor. So you got to put it in the perspective of the context of when it was being done. Right. Now, I will say this. I do watch when Randy would do his elbow drop. Sometimes he would he would legitimately flush hit, and sometimes he would kind of do the whole let my legs crumble and then just kind of slide onto the guy's body. So... Once again, would you say that probably was something that was discussed? Like, hey, I'm pretty sore. Don't do this. Or can you modify this? Or no, that was all Randy. Whether he wanted to flushly land on you or not. Oh yeah, he's working. He's working. You know, uh, you know, enhancement talent. Or I still like the term job guy. I mean, he's put you down the middle, and the way he lands is the way he fucking lands. Right. You know, and, and as he got older and the hip was really beat up, I mean, he said, you know, he started leaning on guys a lot. I wonder how much that would take out of you when you got a full-fledged elbow from him off the top. I don't know, but I would take it in a heartbeat just well, to say okay. I took it. Right, because you're a big fan of him. Yes. And you obviously did get a chance to talk to Randy, right? Mm-hmm. Would you, did that ever come up? Like, hey, would you want to roll around or anything like that? Or <laughs> no. Okay, that's the phrase, though, right? Would you want to roll around? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Do uh-huh. <laughs> so you want to uh, roll around? Uh-huh. I don't think that we'll be doing any rolling. Maybe we can roll some doobies, huh? <laughs> I think one time he was at the bar where he walked in and Hogan was at the other end. <laughs> and he goes, do you see I am over here? <laughs> and Hulk Hogan is over there. Do you know why? <laughs> I said, no, I don't, I don't know much. I don't know. He goes, because I don't fucking like him. <laughs> oh and then he walked out. That was it. That was it. Oh my God. I'm like, all right. Very good. Highlight of my night. Wow. Wow. That was, I think that was the same weekend 
I saw Ric Flair in the elevator with a with a a brunette and a blonde with like a full leg cast in the elevator. And the doors open up. He goes, I got Blondie over here. I got Gimpy over here. <laughs> I'm going to ride Space Mountain. Oh woo! And as you said, woo, the fucking doors of the elevator shut. Yeah. And I was just like, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> wow. Live in the gimmick, my friend. So, God, so many questions here. I mean, I've always wanted to ask. We've never really had an episode where I just like, just vomit into the microphone and ask you, like... What are you kidding? That's whole- been every episode, all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's that place that Larry Sharp would train people? I'm. Oh, Don't be a fucking sh- dick. What is that again? I'll come the back Monster Factory. The Jack Monster. Can say it now. Hey, Jerry's not here. Almond Joy's not here. That's Bugles. Right. Man. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds, though. so it was also widely known that a lot of people said the sandman had absolutely no wrestling talent no wrestling experience maybe even going as far as saying he wasn't even trained so looking back now after hearing that kind of stuff like you can kind of see where the stuff he was doing yeah kind of kind of looked kind of risky would you confirm that and say of everybody on the roster, he probably had the least amount of actual classroom training? Or is that just all a bunch of myth? I don't know. When you worked with him, did you feel like he was doing things well? <laughs> well, and w- well, he was drunk. <laughs> oh, come on now. We always talk about that. Was he legitimately, yes, yes. legitimately like yes. over the limit if he were to blow? Yes. Wow. Wow. He blew a 10.0. But how, I don't even know how you would even, how do you function then? How do you, how do you go out there and perform? And Have you seen him wrestle? No, he didn't wrestle. He did well, there not. you go. I don't know. He just functioned that way. I have no idea how the fuck he did it. He, would drink, he had this big, giant red cooler. Beer and vodka and everything, and he would drink nonstop. All weekend. And no one said anything like, hey, you might want to back it down a little bit. Oh, we said it all the time. Right. But he didn't care. Taz joked that he was going to, Taz wrestled him somewhere. I think it was the Lulu Temple. And Tacit, he better not be fucked up and drunk. He fucking... So Hack, to his credit, came to the building, and he wrestled Taz completely sober. And I said, Taz, what do you think? He goes, you better drink next time. (laughs) Wow. I guess with some people, after you've been doing it for so long, meaning drinking, that your body only really responds if it has it in your system. You know what I mean? But that's Hack. He had... Respect enough for Taz that he did not drink. Right. Because Taz basically told him, don't, don't fucking do it. And he didn't. Wow. Once I figured Hack out, we'd work a couple times. And I kind of figure out how he moves and, uh, for lack of a better term, awkward. 
things could be sometimes. <laughs> once I once I figured it out, it was fine. <laughs> Except the stick. I mean, the stick right. is the, the stick was the stick. I mean, it's just it's just one of those fucking things. You just had to fucking take it. But once once I figured it out and I got used to his style and I kind of know how he move. Right. I mean, we had some decent matches. It was Did no you- fucking D Malenko, fucking Eddie Eddie uh, Guerrero. Classic encounter. Right. But I mean, they were good. I mean, they were entertaining. He's got a very smart mind for the business. Very good psychology. Well, see, a lot of guys from ECW have been known for that. So obviously a lot of people give Al Snow a lot of credit. A lot of people give you a lot of credit. Jerry, a lot of credit. Raven, a lot of credit, even though his tactics might be, might put people kind of off. Um, man, love to get a chance to talk to some of these people and, and really find out if they, if what people say about them is legitimately true or if it's just kind of what it is, but yet kind of amped up a little bit. I mean, writing stuff on toilet paper, napkins. I mean, Pauly, completely, no, oh, Raven. Well, if you get a good idea, where are you gonna? You I mean, know, you're dropping a deuce. You get a good idea. Got to write that shit down. <laughs> I, I guess or just wait till you're done and look for I, paper. I used to dream high spots really yes so give me an example of a dream you would have I would dream high spots like I have a dream about having a wrestling match and yeah a move or doing high spots and then I would write it down Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was wrestling at that point kind of consumed you completely. Yes. Mind, mind, body, and <laughs> unconsciousness. I couldn't get enough of it. With, with people trying to walk away, do you understand where they're coming from, where it's hard to walk away? Yes. It's addictive. How did you master or how did you come to grips with, I'm cool with walking away? I didn't. Do you still think you have a difficulty with that? Yes. And we're not talking I hide strictly. It. I hide it very well. But you're not talking about the performance side. You're talking about maybe oh, yeah. the. Oh, no. E- even performing. Yep. Wow. See, here this whole time, because you're very successful in your corporate career, I thought you were like, I'm good. Don't even worry about that. And I'm oh. like, oh, well, this guy's pretty, pretty confident and moving on to a new chapter, but maybe, maybe, you know. I did what I had to do for my family. If it was just me. Okay. I'd probably still be doing it. Even with the injuries and the concussions and Mm -hmm. all that shit, the numbness. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just love it. You get out there and you get to be creative Mm -hmm. and you get to um, put smiles on people's faces and you get to um, control their emotions to a point and tell a story and you know I just I just loved it every aspect of it you know even even like you know you take a nice bump you know in, in like a nice ring mm-hmm. ah it's fucking great now the next morning maybe it doesn't feel so <laughs> great but it's very addictive. And like I said, once I got in the ring the first time and I actually had the ability to go in there and perform 
Now we didn't call it performing back then. We mm-hmm. had to go in there and wrestle, even just my friends. Right. It, it was just one of those things where it was like, man, this just feels right. You know, this, this is fun. You know, just running the ropes and doing high spots and tackle drop down, you know, reverse hip toss. You know? Grandma said headlock, take him down. And let's work up from there. Just little stuff like, like, it was just fun. You know, like some guys like to go out and just play baseball. They like to go out and play tag with your friends or like a pickup game of soccer. I would go in the ring and have a pickup match with my friends. Do you feel like doing all that kind of prepared you for when you actually were officially trained? You were like, well, I kind of got an idea of what, how this is going to work because I've, I've kind of messed around with it for a while. Or was the training completely different formal training than what you were doing with your friends? It was the same but different. I had a shit ton of fucking bad habits and shit I was just doing wrong. Generally, I was doing it right. You know what I mean? So somebody who had no idea. Right. Say, oh, yeah. You know, it looked fine. But someone who was trained and actually watched feet and, you know, the footwork and the um, way I was getting in and out of moves and the way I was running the ropes. You know, I didn't know to use the left. You know, I whipped some, someone whipped me off with the left and I didn't know. That when they throw you into the ropes, your natural momentum being thrown with your left arm, when you turn into the ropes, is to turn to your left. Okay. And hit the ropes with, with your right arm, you know, under your arm and your, and your right hip. I was a lefty. So when I would first run the ropes, they whip me with my left, and I would force myself to counteract physics, and I would actually turn to the right and hit the ropes with my left arm and my left hip. Because being a lefty, that was just more comfortable. But if, I go, if I go back now and watch tapes like that, it looks fucking awful. But back in the day, I had no idea. Like, I, oh, okay. I'm hitting the ropes. Like, I didn't know there was a... You hit it with your right arm. I didn't know that. You know, same thing with a body slam. I didn't know you went up, you know, to your right. For me, it was all technique. A lot of my stuff, it's, it's your footwork. How are your feet on your tie-up? Are your feet correct? I said, because your feet are like your foundation of your house on your tie-up. That's the first thing, most of the time, that's what you're going to do, is your tie-up. The tie-up is your foundation. And your feet are the foundation of the foundation. <laughs> and if your feet suck, if your foundation is the shits, your house is going to fall down. And I tell them all the time, your feet. Your feet. Look at the spacing of your feet. You know, are you, are you, is your right leg forward and your left leg back on a side headlock? Same thing on a front headlock. There's, there's like three stances that you can use that work for numerous holds. With, you know, your right leg forward and your left leg back, right? A front headlock, um, a top wrist lock, side headlock, um, even in uh, an arm ringer. You know, an arm bar. Your feet, that, that stance on your feet is used over and over and over again. You know, then you have your tie up with your left leg is forward, your right leg is back. You know, standing more upright. You know, the, the front headlock, I mean, and the side headlock, things like that. Your left leg is like really back. If, if you see it now, you know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, and there's your tie up, and then there's your square your feet, where your feet are square. 
Who would you say when you were, you know, a lot of people say Tiger Woods' golf swing is like perfect. Would would there anybody out there, either past or present, who you would say, look at the way they do this, and that's exactly how you want to position yourself? Like it was just very fluid with that person. I would assume that that's not very often, but I'm sure there's some people who did some of these things really, really well. Was there anybody that you looked at and you were like, damn, they make that look so easy and, and effortless? Well, Ricky Morton. Who, and, by the way, still fucking can go right now. Yeah. I mean, like Ricky can, Morton and Ricky Steamboat for wow. selling. Okay. Like, they just made it look like it really hurt. It just seemed very natural. You know? Um, Steve Austin to me, had a great uh, reversal of an Irish whip. Irish whip. Um, and that would lead to what, a Luthes press? It could be anything. Okay. Well, that was him usually doing the reversal. So you go to whip interrupts, he'd, he'd reverse it and have you come off the room. So it wouldn't be really, well, I guess it could be Luthes. He did a standing, I guess, in the middle, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be that. I'm trying to think what else. Well, it's interesting when you say selling because there's a couple people that come to mind that literally Ric Flair looked like he was in absolute agony. Like literally someone just like was trying to disembowel him in the ring. Mm -hmm. Like he would scream and whatnot. And as a viewer – I did not know when he was legitimately performing and if he was legitimately in pain. Like, I could not tell the difference. You can't really teach that. How he looked like he was in a car accident. Like, he literally was writhing in pain. Would you say he was one of the top guys to sell injuries really well or sell pain really well? Oh, yeah. Because he wasn't afraid to make noise and really amp it up. You know, sometimes when they're training in the gym, mm-hmm. it's hard to get that out of them because you kind of feel stupid because you're not really doing it for anybody. Right. You're, you're just you're- doing it for the school. So it's it, to get them to lighten up and, and get into it in the gym, sometimes it's difficult. But that is something you want them to do. You want them to be completely locked into it as if it's in front of an audience. Yeah, you try to. Like, I'm not, okay. I'm not very good at it in the gym. I can sell, but I don't yell. I'm not really animated. I kind of, my motions are correct. Right. But I just never, in the gym, I'm a bad practicer. Would you also agree that it, it's different when you're in the element? You're a little more hyped up and yeah. the juices are flowing. And- you have the adrenaline going. You're pumped up. You're right. excited. You're, it, you're it, getting exactly. in there. You're feeding off the crowd. Right. When you're in a gym with the trainers and the other students, it's kind of like, all right, I get it. I, I don't need to go full tilt here. Let me understand what I'm supposed to do. And Like it'd be for me to be in a play, in a Broadway play, and go through right. practice and have to practice your lines. Like, oh, this sucks. Like it would, I, would, I, would just, I would just have a problem with it. <laughs> just let me go out there and shoot, right? Give me, give me the basic ideas of what I got to get done. Yeah, like, okay, memorize your lines, you know, but do the same thing over. Okay. More emotion. Okay, oh, Jesus, it's fucking practice. Like, right. 
I'll feel it when I'm out there. Well, and that's what they say. A lot of people aren't good at, at practicing. They're just not. But when it comes to game time, they're they're ready to roll. And I guess that's just something that's different for everybody. Some people may need to go through that repetition to maybe get their mind set. But some people just say, let's grip it and rip it. Yeah, and I can't remember things. I've never had a good memory. So even for me to be out there and remember what's coming next, A to Z. Right. I kind of, not that I get through the motions, but I get very, one, I start to panic a little bit because I don't know if I'm going to remember all this shit. And two, when there's no spontaneous reaction, Mm -hmm. when you're just, okay, I know I'm going to duck, I'm going to do this. Like, there's no, it's too smooth sometimes for me. I like wrestling a little bit sloppy. Makes it look a little more, a little more real, authentic. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why when when we were talking about how certain guys would have like a notebook and it would be sixty or seventy, you know, spots. I just couldn't. How do it. in the f- just I just couldn't. Do you, it. I mean, no disrespect to the person you're going to be working with, but how in the hell do you remember all that stuff? Plus, if the crowd, if if whatever, I feel like if I would miss one thing, did you I watch feel like AEW the guy I'm this week? With would get so pissed. I did. Did you see the match with Private Party and the Lucha Brothers? Indeed, I did. Phenomenal. It was amazing. I wouldn't be able to remember the first three spots. I agree. That's how good these kids are today. They are. I mean, even like the Young Bucks and the Best Friends, they did did a shit ton of shit too. I love the Best Friends, by the way. Oh my God. Good old Big fan of them. Used to be known as Plasma. Hey, Mikey Trainee. Yet another one of the many people who have found stardom by being under your tutelage. I saw them, uh, oh God, what was it? So I, I, I saw a bunch of videos with them, but then I saw a video where the four of you guys were sitting down talking and that was just, that was hilarious. That was so entertaining to watch. Was that through high spots? I want to say. Say that again. When the four of you guys were on a couch or there was like two couches and it was you and Jerry and those guys and you were sitting around just chit chatting. Oh yeah. It, it was hilarious. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Did you watch it? I did. I wonder how much I they. Did? I wonder how much they actually used. Uh, I have to go back and take we a look at that. We said something. They They can't use this. Oh, there, there was some, there was some toilet paper wiping stuff, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> Jerry was so uncomfortable towards some of that. He was like, Jesus. oh, I love it. I think AEW has a ton of talent, and for all the criticism that seems to be floating around on social media, let me ask you this question. Social media obviously didn't really exist when ECW was around. Did you guys ever feel like there Thank was God. any undue criticism to what you guys were doing? Maybe in the magazines? Well, the or magazines maybe from fans? It. The magazines loved it. Okay. Did you did you find that other people that maybe worked in other companies? Uh, we talked about you and Bret Hart and the, the interaction you guys had. And, you know, obviously Bret expressed his feelings, but... Do you feel like that was kind of a common thing? Like, oh, you guys are from ECW. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like 
roll in the eyes type of deal. Do you ever feel like you guys were ever? Yeah, but everybody wanted to work there. But that's what I want to say because everybody and their brother said they thought the atmosphere was hot and they wanted to do it. And it's like, well, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. We had everybody worked, I think. Because people come to a wrestling show and they want to suspend their disbelief. And they want to believe it. Right? Even if they know what it is for real. They want to have that one match or that one thing where they go, no, that was real. And we'd have that all show long. Yes. You know, could we worked a, a, a stiffer style. And we, we did do the chairs and the blood and the barbed wire, and, but not everybody. Right. You know, that's the stuff that got us nationalized. Like the six sides of steel. <laughs> but really what, what, that's what got all the press was the blood and the guts, you know, forgetting that we had Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, Tuco Scorpio. You know, we had, after that, we had, you know, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero. Super crazy. Super crazy and Tajiri and them, yeah. Guido. You know, but the blood and guts is what got all the, got all the attention. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me pause you there for a second. Do you ever feel like it was like, fuck, like that's that's what you guys are going to focus on? Like we have so many different genres that are going on right now that are honestly some of the best in the world, and that's what you choose to focus on? Or did you look at it as, I don't really give a shit what they focus on as long as they focus on us? Indeed. Exactly. And maybe that's a better it's a better way to look at it is whatever it takes for us to be elevated, so be it. If it is the guts this week, great. If it's the luchadors this week, great. But it was never a situation where any specific genre within ECW was jealous of the other one. Yeah, everybody knew what they were doing. They, they everybody knew what their role was, and it just it just worked all together. I told you that I thought it looked like Fight Club, just because it, it just and we talked well, about it, it had that it had that gritty, it did dark look to it. And that's what Paul. Yes. It was the nineties. Grunge was a big thing, so that whole gritty, dirty, you know, attitude you, that, that was in then. You know, like I said, the fans, most of them knew, you know, but they go, "No, that was real." Oh no, we, you know. Yeah, that was that part was real. Like there was, we suspended the disbelief. We didn't have the heels and the baby faces together. You know, we didn't. Uh, you know, we didn't insult their intelligence. We we tried not to, and they appreciated it. We kept up the shtick the whole time. You know? I would go as far as saying you guys actually scared some people. I mean. Like I said, I was watching it in my parents' kitchen with the old – you'll be able to appreciate this. The U, the UVH and the VHU or whatever the TV is back in the day with the green screen and had like the dials on it. I would tune into a channel to watch it and it was like taboo. Like I felt like, oh, is this – should I watch this? And then I saw a person with a staple uh, – what the hell you call it? Staple gun. And I thought, 
Jesus Christ, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And the reason I say this is because my uncle was a carpenter and I had been around those things before and he had one time accidentally got one in his finger and it was a fucking mess. And I'm thinking, you guys are doing this to your face? So yeah. for me at the time, I literally bought into it that you guys hated each other when I was younger. Like literally. Well, we definitely took it to the extreme. No pun intended. Woo. Woo you know, but that's what we did. You know, we kept everything as legit as possible in front of the fans. You know, and that's what we tried to do. People came in, paid money to be entertained and believe in our product. So we did the same thing back to them. Okay, so obviously you weren't around with, with Tri-State, but you were there shortly after Tri-State, right? Did, did you go to any Tri-State shows? No. No. I was up in Long Island, so I didn't, I never fucking heard about it. Oh, so that was completely. The first time I heard about ECW is when Sonny Blaze said, hey, we got a ring rental down in Philadelphia for this group ECW. Right. And that was in. Uh, 93. Yeah. December 93. Okay. Maybe November. I don't, I don't really remember. That was the first time I heard about it. But you still stuck around for the shows because obviously you had to tear down and drive it back, right? Yep. Did you like the first incarnation, we'll call it, of Eastern Championship Wrestling? Yeah, it was cool. For me, it was cool because it had it had all these people on it that I remember from TV. Terry Funk and Kevin right. Sullivan and Sherry Martell and Woman and Shane Douglas and Road Warrior Hawk. And Mr. Hughes. Snooka? Snooka was there. You know, and Morocco? Then, he wasn't there. Okay. You know, but, and then some of these other guys I knew from, you know, the Northeast up there with Taz, Tommy Dreamer, um, Tommy Cairo, I know because he came up a couple times um, to train with, at Sunny Blaze's gym. And he was the only guy that came down to the gym, to, at Sunny Blaze's gym. They would actually work right. with us and actually teach us stuff and actually, you know, do stuff with us. We had guys like the Power Twins. Mm -hmm. Two big fucking douchebags. But <laughs> they called us gerbils. And all, and all they did was get the ring and beat us up. That's all they did. So they, they would stew heart you. Yeah, and they weren't like bad. Like they didn't beat, like they didn't fucking hurt us. Okay. You know? But it's just like, oh, let's, let's beat up the gerbils. And they would just, just beat us up, you know? And I've, I'll never forget, we said to them one time, you know, and, you know, they said, oh, we're, you know, we're this and this. I said, you know what? We can do everything you can do. But there's a ton of shit we can do that you could never fucking even think of doing. Right. And that pissed them off. But, well, there's a lot of truth in that. You became an ECW champion, and they disappeared. Right. Well, they went into, into acting. I know they were in the uh, movie with George Clooney with the when they robbed the casino. Okay. I know they were the, when they were when George Clooney got like fake beat up by his friend in like mm -hmm. the closet. They were the security right. guards standing outside the door. Okay, so they had some minor roles in yeah in some films. Okay. But they were they were not very nice to us. Like they were like literally they treated us like shit. 
Jesus. Never heard us. But they were, you know, they were nice bullies in a way. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question. So, God, I can't even believe it's it's been a year since we've been doing this. Um, oh, it just seems like a lifetime. It did. <laughs> What what are some of your thoughts now that we've been doing this for a year? Is it is it what you thought this would have been? Is it more than what you thought it would have been? Uh, what what's kind of your takeaway here? Because I know people are going to ask. It's the year anniversary show. Are you going to look back and kind of talk about different things? So what what's been your takeaway? I find it very therapeutic. You know, doing it. You know, we get some good laughs. You know, and even the stuff that, mm-hmm. that doesn't air. You know, I mean, we record for what? Sometimes two and a half, three hours. Easy. And we'll get maybe an hour show out of it. You know? Yes. Some, what is some allowed of it, to, Some of it maybe air. not appropriate for uh, public consumption <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, <laughs> you know, some of it just, you know, a little too far. Uh Sometimes too graphic, I think. <laughs> um, sometimes just completely way too stupid. Straight. Yes, I would concur. But I think you know Matt does a phenomenal job putting it together. Yes, and you know just seeing people after hearing the episode for the week, you know, just getting their comments and stuff. Um, even the critiques. You know, some of them are, I agree with completely. Some of them, I, I, you know, you're just trolling, which is fine too. Right. But, you know, it, it, hearing people say that, you know, we help them for 45 minutes to an hour every week on their shitty drive to work, going to their shitty fucking job, making their day a little bit better, or listening to the show on their lunch break, or people say they've actually driven off the road into people's lawns. Um, yeah. Laughing, which it's funny now because nobody got hurt. But that's kind of scary. <laughs> it is kind of scary. But just hear people say they're having a good time uh, listening to three of us. You know, and, you know, they ha- I have the crazy, cranky, you know, persona on here. You know, Jerry is, well, Jerry's just Jerry for real. Um, <laughs> you know, and then Mike, you're you. You know, I, I, they enjoy what we're doing. Um, I'll be completely honest when I say we don't make a lot of money. We maybe break even <laughs> on this, so it's not. It's not like we're we're getting rich. Sometimes I wish that we would get more traction, and that we could help get the word out a little bit. Um, part of that is for my uh, my wallet would like to make a little money doing this. Um, <laughs> part of it, uh, you know, the other part is that you know I think that if people would listen, I think they would they would kind of dig it. Now look, I understand completely. This is not this type of show that we do. It's not a wrestling show, right? Per se, um, it's Jerry and I talking about usually our everyday life and stupid things that we think of, and we add some wrestling in here and there. But it's really what you guys really get is honestly the type of conversations that Jerry and I have. And Mike, you bring the wrestling topic into it. You know, but all the other bullshit that we talk about, 
And that's just me and Jerry for real. Even Mike, when I talk to you, you know, we'll talk for 25 minutes. We'll spend a good 20 part of it just laughing. Right. And that's just us having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's not super slick and it's not long form all the time. And it's different than what, say, Conrad does. And it's different from what, um, you know, other people are doing. But I, I didn't want the same thing. Like, you know, for me, sitting talking for three hours about a particular topic or a particular pay-per-view, I would find that very boring. That, that's not something that I would enjoy doing. When I have a very short attention span, and after the first 10 minutes, I'd be thinking about and what can I get to eat? <laughs> but I can't believe it's been a year that we've been doing this. And, man, I didn't think I was going to be able to get you to jump on board with this because I had talked to you previously. Well, you it, fucking swerved me into it. Uh, well, wait, whoa, hold on, hold on. You're trying to make mm-hmm. me sound like a shyster here. Well, I mean. You got to do what you got to do, my friend, huh? It's kind of true. Well, are you glad, though? Sometimes. <laughs> Jesus! Not some, all at sometimes. once here. Some, some, sometimes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know if, if I've really talked about it, but I asked you, and you told me, uh, in not so many words, no thank Go you. fuck off! Well, there we go. <laughs> we, have, we have a direct recording of the conversation. But you were going to do a show with another person. You were. So I thought, okay, well, that ship is... Yeah, and, and then that fell through. This fucking sucks. This is like a pain in the dick. Like, what the fuck? Fuck this. I'm going to go watch fucking American Pickers <laughs> for fucking Frank Fritz and his fucking smalls. <laughs> then we get, we get Jerry Lynn involved, and I make a return contact with you, and I knew I had it iced up at that point. I knew I was... I, I JRUing that bullshit. I was ready to go. Once again, another reference, very few are going to get, but you and I will. So that's the important thing. It's about the jury goes, what are we going to talk about? I go, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't remember shit. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to listen to me fucking yip for fucking. And, like, and that, I thought like a podcast was like fucking three hours. Because, you know, because that's what Bruce was doing at the time. Like, what right. the fuck am I going to do for three hours every week? So where am I going to find the time for this shit? That is going to do it for our anniversary show here at Front Row Material. You know how much stick goes, so I'm going to do it. If you like what we're doing, please go the fuck over to um, iTunes and leave us a review. Seriously, I ask every goddamn week, guys, please go. Leave us a review. I like reading these things. We have seven reviews. No, that's Patreon. we got seven people. And t-shirt bottles. And t-shirt pies. Go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Mikey Whipwreck forward slash Jerry Lynn. Go get a t-shirt from them. FRMPod.com. It's the one-stop shop for everything that's front row material. All right, guys. Well, Burr! that's going to do it. <laughs> yeah! Good job. <laughs> we will catch you next week on Front Row Material. The rule of NLW Radio never stops.